Welcome to Two Pete's in a Podcast, where we will talk about child health from birth right away through to adolescence, dealing with issues of illness, development, and everything else that is of importance. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Two Pete's in a Podcast with me, Dr. Simon Strawn, and my partner and friend, Dr. Michael Platten. Hello, hello. Mike. hello. And we are now episode 15 and uh, continuing along the path of talking about tonsillitis and tonsillectomies and surgery. And we still have with us Dr. Ishmael Patel. Hello, Ishmael. Hi, Simon. Hi, Michael. Hi. So we are at the point now where we are out of the operating theater. We've spoken about waking the child up after the tonsillectomy. Um, and now, Ishmael, I think we just need to talk about what is the parent's expectation over the next seven to ten days about pain management, about how their child's going to react, about how they get food down their child, and what kind of complications you would warn them about and they should be aware of as we proceed now uh, on their way home. Can I maybe direct it a bit more? Like we just left theater and we're yep. back in the ward. So what happens from there? Okay. So at that point in theater, it's uh, in the ward, it's important to understand that the child may be completely quiet and already ready to fall into sleep. Do we allow them to fall asleep after surgery? Answer is yes. It's important for them to recover from the anesthesia. If a child in any way is hysterical or is still crying uncontrollably, we, we then are able to give other medications to settle them down uh, uh, and get them all to sleep. So effectively, all we really want them to do is go to bed, have a good sleep, and when they wake up, uh, this is important. Do not force this period. This period can last anything from two hours to four hours where uh, your child may just be in a deep sleep. Let them wake up on their own steam because when they wake up, you know they're fully, sl- uh, they, they're fully refreshed and they're awake now and you, you, they can then have something to eat or drink. And then, so what happened to the good old days of jelly and custard? Okay, that's gone. <laughs> so just, just just to clarify this point, Simon, if your child does take a bottle or if it's much younger, which is very unusual with the tonsillectomy, we, we suggest uh, that you can give them a bottle immediately post-surgery. But in most cases, because the kids are older, they would have already had a sleep and they wake up. And we generally recommend some of these things that do not sound very healthy, but something like a sandwich or even a burger or something like this, but something that is roughed, that is textured, that when the child actually eats, they need to chew uh, it form or form into a little ball so that it actually, they're able to actually swallow this so that it actually passes the tonsil site. Something that's soft like custard, ice cream and jelly literally can be gulped down and doesn't help. So the actual coarsity of the food or the, or, or the coarse effect of the food actually keeps the tonsil area clean, promotes healing and believe it or not, that's what decreases your pain. <laughs> yes, exa- that's exactly right. And I think the, the way I look at it is, you know, if you've had a really, really busy day and you've gone to bed, you wake up a bit stiff in the morning and your muscles are sore. When you're up and you're active, suddenly that pain disappears. Yes. So when you do have pain, you want to kind of lie there and protect everything. So if your throat's been operated on and you've got pain, you don't want to really do anything. But the more you chew, the more you talk, as you've said, that actually gets the muscles working and decreases pain. Yes. There's a very important thing, and most it's it's quite can be quite distressing to parents, 
is that we continuously produce saliva in our, our mouths and that saliva that we produce is continuously swallowed down. Now, post-operatively, if your child stops swallowing their saliva because of pain, they eventually will start to look like they're drooling or saliva or, or spit is actually coming out of the mouth. That is actually not normal and it is not a complication. It is simply a matter that your child is not swallowing uh, because they feel every time they swallow, it is actually quite painful. So it's important to understand that if that is happening, your child is under-medicated or is not eating very well post-surgery. So after surgery in the ward, you're looking at anything from two to four hours for the child to be completely awake, for the child to have had something to eat, um, for the parents to have calmed down and be completely in control and feel like they've got it, then you send them home. Yes, I do this personally. So I come back to every parent and I go through everything that they're going to experience again post-operatively, even though they are given a, a or handed a note which explains it in lo a lot more detail. I do this personally where I go through every patient and explain to them. The most important thing post-operatively that parents, and, and I find this is a common thing in practice, is parents do not know what dose of pain medication to give and how often to give it. And that, I think, is an important talk at some point. Hopefully, you guys can do this, is to explain the difference in medication and how you medicate pain and fever and the different drugs that do it and how we can use them either together or individually to achieve the, uh, the result. But in general, I would, based on what my patient is, the, how old they are and what medication they've been given, I will definitely go through all of that and the dosing schedules over the next few days. In a very simple way, I often explain to parents, it's like running a marathon. The first few days is the flat stage and towards the end, it's actually like climbing a little hill and then it suddenly stops. So it's not like they need to climb the hill and then the pain needs to come down. It's they just climb up the hill and at some point within a day or two, it literally the pain stops. The child feels nothing. They completely better and uh, they they back on their way where they don't really need any pain medication. So we're kind of talking about the healing that's taking place in the back of the throat. Yes. Because if you look, I remember the first time I looked into a patient's throat about four days after tonsillectomy. I'd never seen it before and I thought the child was in trouble. Because it looks terrible. <laughs> yes, it looks terrible. It's like yellowy, and, uh, sticky stuff. All because what? You, again, if you go back to the fact that it's like having a raw grass burn or roasty on your arm. If you remember what that looks like, it it's like red and bloody to start with, and it starts to become crusty, and it gets a bit yellow. You get scabs on it, and that takes four or five or six days. And it's exactly what you're talking about, right? Yes. So in the mouth, it will never form a brown scab like it does on your skin because it's moist. It's moist. <laughs> it's a moist, yes. wet environment. So it'll form a yellow, gray, white, what I call an exudate. And this exudate is uh, it, the more you eat the more you clean that exudate and that's what decreases the pain because above it is what's that lining is growing and that's what's going to eventually take the pain away. And that's around about, as you said, you climb that mountain. That's kind of at the point where everything is healing and the last of that exudate is coming off and then they're better and they're fine. Yes. Simon, believe it or not, and you've been around just as long as I have. In the old days, this used to take 10 days to two weeks. 
on average now we're down to about three to five days with the longest being around seven days obviously we have our outliers or the ones that are exclusions to this where they take a bit shorter or they take a bit longer but that i believe is totally dependent on the parent this is the one time in your child's life you the boss you take control and you make sure your child gets better if your child controls the environment a week or 10 days later and you'll be cursing me and wondering why what did you do to your child thanks ishmael i think guys this is a good time to break let's split for this week and we'll carry on next week with the complications after surgery if your children have allowed you to thanks for listening thanks for listening Thanks for listening. If you found this of value, please be sure to sign up to our email list at www.careforkids.co.za and that's the numeral four and subscribe in your favorite podcast app or follow us on Facebook. At Two Pete in a Podcast. At Two Pete in a Podcast. T-W-O, not the numerical two. This is our disclaimer. The information we have given you in this podcast is our own personal professional opinion. We're giving it to you for your own information. Please don't use it to treat yourself or to treat anybody else. Rather, go and see your own medical healthcare provider and follow their advice.